There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet the football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, that's C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. From oh, oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. Oh, oh, no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and here with me today, my co-host Eric Hawk, who started his uh, big farming duties here today in the ninety-degree heat. So, Hawk, why don't you give our listeners an inside look in, into uh, how your day was? Um. Well, for those of you who don't know, we're start out by cutting beans because we have beans and corn on hog farms and usually you have to wait till about midday 12 to 1 you know they have a lot of sun dry they're kind of like little sponges and they need to be below a certain moisture percentage for you to cut them and, and then sell them without getting a docking fee so it's kind of just like the great waiting game and we went out about 2 p.m and you know we got our first field partially cut and we'll finish it tomorrow and then we got to wait around a few more days until the next field's ready, and it's it's kind of just you go when you can, and you try to get the beans cut first, and then you just, at the end of it, you just switch to corn, and it feels like it takes forever. You're just moving a lot slower with corn than soybeans, but that's what I've been doing, and I'm going to get a little busier, which kind of sucks because I usually miss, not miss because I always listen, but I don't get to watch 
the first couple week of Pacers games as much. Usually I get home about half time, so I always always catch the second half. But for those of you who don't know, I, I usually work a pretty long day in the fall. So there that's that's my story. And that usually runs what, through the end of October? Yeah, but we got such a late start. So I would guess it's gonna take up most of November as well this year, which isn't bad. I mean, once you get it done it's a pretty accomplishing feeling and you feel like you got a lot done and you make all your money and then we close it up shop in the winter. We don't have any livestock or anything, so it's kinda of nice to take a little break after that and find a side hustle or two. Would uh, Jeremy W. Miller be proud of you today? Yes, I think without a doubt. I know he's getting started as well. So this is you. You this is what you get. Just a couple rednecks talking farming on, on Born Ready to Pod. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on to some more pressing matters today. We have the Southwest Division preview of the NBA. We've uh, done three of these so far. We've done the Atlantic. I'm testing myself right now as well. I believe uh, Northwest we did in the uh, Western Conference, and we also did the Central Division. So today we have the five teams in the Southwest Division in the Western Conference, and I'm going to go ahead and start things off like I always do, and that's with the uh, defending Southwest Division champions, Houston Rockets. So last season, the Houston Rockets finished 53-29, and 29, and they were fourth in the Western Conference. Um, so took a little bit of a dip back last season. I believe they were the one seed the year before. Uh, in the first round, they defeated the Utah Jazz in five games and then ended up losing to the Golden State Warriors in the second round, uh, only beating them two games. Uh, so they took them to six games in uh, the second round of the playoffs last year. Notable additions for the Rockets, they had quite the summer. They added Russell Westbrook uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder, reuniting him with James Harden, his former teammate, uh, Tyson Chandler, Ben McLemore, and former number one overall pick bust, Anthony Bennett. Uh, They had no draft picks in this year's draft. Um, and notable departing players, uh, they ended up losing Chris Paul, who has been there for the last two seasons. They traded him to the Thunder for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Iman Shumpert, I believe he's still looking somewhere to sign, along with Kenneth Fareed. Uh, their over-under number for this year is right around their win total from last season, 535 Projected starters this year for the Rockets at point guard, Russell Westbrook, uh, James Harden at the two guard, which really they'll probably flip-flop that position because James Harden is kind of like a point guard at anyway. Uh, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, and Clint Capella. Uh, off the bench, projected bench rotation, uh, returning members, Austin Rivers, Gerald Green, uh, Daniel House, I know that's not how you say his name, I believe. I think it's pronounced another way, but I don't care. And Tyson Chandler going into, I think I saw the other day, his 19th NBA season. And they are coached by Mike D'Antoni. So, Hawk, what are your thoughts this year on the Houston Rockets? Well, the fact that you said Anthony Bennett was on the team, I didn't even know. But they have uh, two former projects. Macklemore is what, like a top five pick, right? Yeah. So I'm reading right now that Bennett played some G League last year with uh, 
the Clippers, and he shot 45% from the three, 12.2 and 4.5 rebounds, um, 54% from the field. So not great. So I doubt we all know what Anthony Bennett is. It's just kind of interesting. He's 26 years old now, looking to make the end of that roster. I don't know how this is going to work, honestly, with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. It's kind of the big question. You know they're going to win some games. There's going to be games where Harden's unconscious, the pick and roll's unguardable, but adding Westbrook in there, it just it just feels like it's going to be so gross to watch at times. And I don't know. I mean, Russell got a lot of credit last year for you know deferring to Paul George a little bit, leading to him you know being third in MVP voting, I believe. I think it was so. A lot of pressure on him. I think that Chris Paul contract was an insane contract, and this Russell Westbrook contract's an insane contract. So over the last few years, I mean, they've been right there. I mean, was it two years ago they took the Warriors to seven? This year wasn't as close, obviously, but it's kind of hard to believe that they just went a complete, I wouldn't say a complete different direction, but a major directional change. And, you know, maybe it's what they need. Maybe it'll get over the hump, but I just don't. I don't think they're going to win the title. Mm. For however much success they have, I don't. I don't think ultimately they get the job done. What about you? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, the, there was a lot of flack when Chris Paul went there about having two ball dominant guards on the team, and that ended up actually working out well. So, uh, I think obviously, if you ask me now, who would you rather have, Westbrook or Chris Paul? You're obviously going to say Russell Westbrook. So, um, I think that they're going to play uh play well with each other I, I don't think I mean obviously um you've seen the memes and gifs or whatever of like them trying to like uh steal the ball from one another and things like that so a lot of people are expecting them to be selfish but I think you know they, they're former teammates they've played together before they're friends outside of basketball which is pretty important I think I think it'll work out. I think I still think they're uh, top of this division, but like you said, I don't foresee them being NBA champions. Uh, I probably see this team ceiling-wise once again, uh, second round of the playoffs. So, yeah. What do you think about that over/under? I, I you saying that makes me think you lean the over. Um, just because I, I probably think maybe they got better this year in your eyes. I think. I, the only thing I don't like about their team is their depth, but they really have never had much depth. They've relied on uh, these veteran players that they can sign to cheap deals, uh, like uh, Tyson Chandler and Jalen Green, etc. So I I would probably say, I mean, I think 53 is actually a really good number. Uh, I'd say fi- somewhere between 50 to 53. So I'd probably lean slightly under to uh, what they're at right now. All right, perfect. Next up, we got the San Antonio Spurs. Last year, they were 48-34. and 34. They finished 7th in the Western Conference, and they lost to Denver in seven games. Notable additions for the Spurs, Damari Carroll and Trey Lyles. Draft picks this year at 19, they got Luka Samanik, I believe that is. Close enough. At 29th, they got... Okay, at 29th, they got Kelton Johnson out of Kentucky, and 49th... Quindary Weatherspoon. <laughs> Notable players leaving is Davis Bertans. Do you know, I don't even know where he went. Their over-under the projection is 45 and a half games. Projected starters for the Spurs, DeJounte Murray, Bryn Forbes, 
DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Off the bench, they got Derek White, Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli, Damari Carroll, Trey Lyles, and Jakob Poitel. Uh, they're head coached, obviously, by Greg Popovich, who got his ass kicked in the FIBA World Cup. So, thoughts on the Spurs, Chris? I mean, if you, just looking at their roster, I mean, I don't like, I don't really like the makeup of this team. Um, but they always, they're like the Trailblazers in my eyes. I mean, obviously, the Spurs are a lot more storied franchise than the Trailblazers, but. They always seem to overexceed expectations. Last year, they were the seventh seed, took Denver to seven games. A lot of people probably didn't expect that. Uh, yes, Popovich got his ass handed to him in the FIBA Cup, but I won't give him too much crap because a lot of the star talent backed out on him, so I'm not going to give him crap for that. I still see this team probably as a seven or eighth seed this year. Uh, DeRozan is really, I mean, I think he had a decent year last year, but obviously not being in Toronto anymore, you don't hear much from him. And then LaMarcus Aldridge as well, who's also, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he's still a very serviceable player. Uh, I like Damari Carroll off the bench, can also probably throw him there in the starting lineup. So seven or eight seed, I think is fair for this team. And I probably would pick the over on this i'd say 47 wins for the spurs yeah i like the over too i think one thing they have is they probably have a little more depth with their ball handlers like Derek white obviously played well last year i think Dejounte murray was out all season right last year yeah he was yeah so we don't really know how he's going to come back but they also got patty mills demar de rose and they got a lot of ball handlers and, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge played, has played really well there. So I think they're definitely, you know, 7th, 8th seed, like you said. They'll find a way to sneak in. Pop just always seems to get it done, at least get to the playoffs, and they're always a hard out. So I think that concludes the Spurs talk. Yep. Up next on the list, the Memphis Grizzlies, who were third in the division last year. They finished 33-49, and 49, which was tied for 12th in the Western Conference. Uh, notable additions for the Grizzlies, they added Josh Jackson from the Suns, who actually just has been told by the Grizzlies that he um, will be starting off the season in the G League, which uh, Josh Jackson was a top-four pick a couple se- seasons ago. Um, and he was also discussed as when they were trying to go after Kyrie Irving, the Suns were they refused to put Josh Jackson in any offers for him, and that's kind of why they didn't land Kyrie a couple years ago. And now you see uh, what's happened to Josh Jackson. He's starting the year off in the G League, which is kind of embarrassing. Uh, Andre Iguodala is also on the roster. He's not going to be on the team. They're going to trade him at some point. But I stand, I stand behind them not getting rid of him because why would you just wave a guy and buy him out they the Grizzlies don't owe him anything the Warriors traded him now the Grizzlies have his rights at least get something out of him uh Solomon Hill they got him from the Pelicans uh Jay Crowder Grayson Allen Tyus Jones DeAnthony Melton and Miles Plumley. so quite a big shake up there uh from the uh Mike Conley trade draft picks wise they had the second overall pick and selected Ja Morant uh, to be the future point guard of the team. And then also got Brandon Clark with the 21st overall pick. Notable departing players, obviously I had just mentioned, they lost Mike Conley, they traded him to the Jazz. 
Avery Bradley, he went to the Lakers. Uh, Justin Holiday, who is now part of our Indiana Pacers. Uh, C.J. Miles was traded to the Washington Wizards. Uh, DeLon Wright signed with the Mavericks. And then also Chandler Parsons, they shipped him to Atlanta. Um, and that was all off the top of my head, too, which is pretty good. It's from typing all this list up. Over under for the Grizzlies this year, 26.5 is what they're projecting. Projected starters for them. John Morant, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, and Jonas Valanciunas, who they gave an extension to this offseason. Coming off the bench projection, Tyus Jones, Jay Crowder, uh, Solomon Hill, uh, Grayson Allen, Yvonne Rabb. They're head coached by first-year coach Taylor Jenkins. So what do you think about this Grizzlies roster? Um, I was just I looked up a little news article here, and five things we learned from Grizzlies Media Day. I guess John Morant had a minor knee surgery this offseason, but he's looking good and he's ready, and the coach wants him to take full effect and took full advantage of the offense. So it looks like he's going to have a lot of rain there. It says Kyle Anderson's not going to be ready to start the year. And one other big takeaway is apparently Jaron Jackson has grown two inches. So that's terrifying. Uh, I really like Jaron Jackson and his potential. But it all kind of comes down to how good Morant's going to be at the end of the day. I mean, you took him at number two. You need him to be this Mike Conley, you know, who is the face of the franchise for so long. And just an excellent player replacement. So that, that kind of lot on his shoulders, but I don't think they expect to make the playoffs or anything this year. They kind of just want him get his run, see what he's got. So I'd like to see Iguodala stay if at all possible and, you know, give him that guidance. And they need a veteran like him for sure to kind of keep him grounded. But even Brandon Clark, I mean, a lot of people were high on Brandon Clark. So for, for losing a guy like Mike Conley, you're, you're kind of investing in the young core, trying to make this rebuild with Jackson and, so, uh, for me, I think they've done the right moves, and now we just see if it pans out. Uh, yeah, and regarding their over-under number, I lean towards the under when I see that 26.5. Yeah, that's pretty low, but I would tend to agree. I think they are a worse team last year. How many games did Conley play? It wasn't the full season, but no, and I I'm... still think they're... Most of their wins also came from the beginning of the year. They were, like, first or second yeah, place there for a while. So... Yeah, uh, definitely trended downwards, and then they uh, gave up Gasol at the deadline for uh, to the Raptors. So, yeah, they have a problem, so that's always a couple losses. Yeah, they have two former Pacers and Solomon Hill now, and uh, Miles Plumley. So, not a good recipe for success there. And then also Grayson Allen, who's going to be taking out some nut sacks this year, and you know, hitting people with the bows. But I know you're a Duke guy, so I won't give him too much crap. Yeah, I never – I never. Grayson Allen was never my favorite guy. I thought he was going to be the next Christian Leitner, but he got that one title his freshman year and then never got another. So I don't think he was ever on that level, and he kind of got old after a while for me. But, you know, I'm more like the one-and-done all-star Zion types myself. Which leads us to our next one. You get to do this one, the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, the New Orleans Pelicans last year, they were 33-49 and 49 amidst a crazy Anthony Davis drama-filled year. Um, notable additions for the team, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Derek Favors, J.J. Redick. So, by all accounts, some good additions there. Draft picks, Zion Williamson at first, 
Jackson Hayes at 8, Nikola Alexander-Walker at 17th. So three guys in the top 20. Um, notable departing players, obviously Anthony Davis, uh, Julius Randle, who got paid by the Knicks, Solomon Hill, who we just talked about, Stanley Johnson, which I feel like he should just be on the Pistons. I don't know where he is, but he's probably back on the Pistons. Elfried Payton and Czech Diallo. Their over-under for this season as projected by Vegas is 38 and a half games. Projected starters, Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Derek Favors. Their bench would be considered J.J. Redick, Josh Hart, Etwan Moore, who's still kicking around there, Jaleel Okafor, Jackson Hayes, and Nikola Alexander-Walker, head coach Alvin Gentry. So this is going to be one of those teams that, got a superstar and we're definitely going to see a lot more exposure even more than when they got anthony davis in my opinion so it's either going to get annoying for people or maybe they'll kind of be in the spotlight but be a little under the radar because they'll be out of the playoffs it's interesting to see the zion effect and what's about to happen but i'm a big zion guy so i'm hoping for the best i think they've added a lot of great pieces around them they've obviously gotten younger but Drew Holiday, Derek Favors, J.J. Redick. Those are three outstanding veterans, in my opinion. So we'll see. And you know, even like guy like Etwan Moore is an invaluable veteran, I think. So they got a good mix of young talent. I, in the West, if this is a playoff team, I think Zion is a transcendent player. If not, he could still be that player, but the West is tough, so I, I don't think they'll hit that over. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if this was an Eastern Conference team, I for sure would have them in the playoffs, but since the West is so deep, I think it's going to be tough for them. Uh, Ceiling-wise, I do say probably uh, would be an eighth seed this year. But like you said, I do like the veteran additions in Redick, Favors, and and also Drew Holiday, who's been there. Um, So I like that. In the locker room, I think it's good to pair with all these young guys. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, Lonzo Ball <laughs> in a New Orleans Pelicans jersey. Um, the guy has really struggled to stay healthy, um, you know, in the first couple years of his career. Uh, he's obviously got his dad talking behind his back. So I used to be a, a guy who was rooting against this kid to succeed, but it's been nice to see, just because of his dad, not because of him, but it's been nice to see, like, videos recently of you know him pushing back towards his dad and getting rid of that big baller brand stigma so you got to enjoy that uh getting a lot more respect for him in that nature um but this team did the best it could losing their franchise player they got all those draft picks they signed all these guys got the number one overall pick things just really aligned well for them and they might not make the playoffs this season but you know in the next five to ten years as long as these this young core stays together, uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. Do you think David Griffin had any idea that his job would be you know this well received right when he got that job, or do you, do you think the pressure went away immediately when he got that number one off pick? How do you think David Griffin has handled all this? I mean, he's definitely been lucky. I mean, I mean, look at his Cleveland days. Yeah. He got all those first first overall picks. Uh, everything just seems to align perfectly wherever he goes. So, um, I mean, I think that he was obviously when he first got the job, 
he probably went straight to Anthony Davis and wanted to see if there was any way uh, they could reconcile and figure this out because you have a player like that, you obviously don't want to get rid of them. So when things didn't work out, uh, he did the best he could. I thought, you know, a lot of times people were saying that, you know, they were going to lose on that deal by waiting and waiting and waiting. But they got the number four overall pick. They got Lonzo, Ingram, Hart. Um, I mean, they just totally made out very well in that that trade. So, I mean, he obviously has been a very, very lucky guy. But he's taken advantage of every opportunity. So, uh, I mean, if things don't work in New Orleans and the Pacers have an opening, I might just want to have him come along just for that luck aspect, I guess. What do you expect him from Zion? Do you think he's going to be a transcendent player? What's your honest expectations for him? Oh, that's tough because... For better or for worse, it could be. I'm not going to put that pressure on him because I hate that. But the media's already done it. So, I mean, the job's done. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... think we're going to hate him within a year or what? I think it all just depends. I mean, if he comes out and he, you know, he's got all this hype on him. He's got all these national televised games. Uh, he's probably already a top-selling jersey, yada, yada, yada. Sports Center, ESPN's got him on there all the time. I mean, if he comes out and he just throws a complete goose egg, um, I don't know. I just, I don't foresee that happening, but I also don't really see him. I mean, LeBron James's rookie season was one of a kind. He literally his first game against the Kings. You just knew that he was going to be something special and he had all that hype on him and he lived up to expectations. So I'm not going to fault Zion if he, you know, can't fully live up to those expectations in the first season and he doesn't come out and play as well as people expect him to do. Uh, so I won't fault him for that because it's obviously a lot of pressure. Um, he, the kid's, what, only 18 or 19 years old still. So, I mean, he's really young. Um, it might take him a couple of years to really get, you know, a feel for the league and where he wants to be at. But I'm not holding out LeBron James-type expectations for him just yet. But what about you since you've watched a lot more of him and you're a fan of his? It's going to be interesting because he's like the first big – I guess recruit maybe since Anthony Davis and maybe he's even bigger than that at this point, but he grew up in the social media age. You know, everyone saw his highlights when he was a freshman or in eighth grade. And he was kind of this myth for so long. You just didn't, you never really saw him play. You just saw him destroy kids where he looked like he was 30 years old in those games. And I think at the end of the day, athleticism in the NBA is what separates, you know, the guys who really want it because everybody wants it, but the guys who are athletic and really want it, they get to another level just strictly because it's an unfair advantage because of their body. And if anyone's got that athletic advantage, it's Zion Williamson. So he may struggle, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a 10-time All-Star, if I had to guess. And I don't know if he'll win a championship with New Orleans necessarily, but I'd like to think, you know, he ushers in that next generation and, you know, who knows? But I think he's going to be pretty good, and I think that's enough Pelicans talk. Yeah, and speaking of, I've just seen some news here. It's not really breaking, but a Miami Dolphins vendor charged a fan $724 for two beers using a skimming device at a game this season. What is a skimming? I don't know. 
uh, he was employed with an organization called Rocket Man. Uh, he was not working for the stadium, the Dolphins. The fan got a notification on his phone about a fraudulent charge, and he was charged seven hundred and twenty-four dollars for two beers. What? What is? Why would you just buy buy two beers for some random ass guy standing on the street? Come on. So yeah, I'll have to do. Yeah, I'll have to do more research on that one. But I mean, I mean, it's bad enough that you're going to a Miami Dolphins game for one, and then you lose seven hundred and twenty-four dollars in the process. So, uh, anyways, yeah. back on track here. Uh, last team in the division, we have the Dallas Mavericks, a team that a lot of people are looking forward to watch this season. Last year, the Mavericks finished 33-49, and 49, and they were tied 12th in the Western Conference. So as you can see here, a trend for the last three teams in this division, they all finished with the same record and were tied 12th in the West. Uh, notable additions for the uh, Mavericks this offseason, Seth Curry. Uh, I believe he used to be a, a former Maverick, so he's coming back there. Uh, DeLon Wright who was started off last year with the Raptors, traded to the Grizzlies, and then signed with the Mavericks last offseason. And Boban Marjanovic uh, got the big tall guy with the big big, uh, big hands, big feet, big everything. If you get catch my drift there, uh, Boban yeah. is a big, big man. Uh, draft pick-wise, they took Isaiah Roby with the 45th overall pick in the second round last year. Notable departing players for the Mavericks lost Dirk Nowitzki last year. He played his final season. Uh, not like that's really that big of a loss on the court uh, as of now, but you know, because Dirk just looked at times just. I mean, he was just. It, it. We knew it was time last year when he was playing. So uh, shout out to him and his career. Um, and I'm sure he will have some type of role in the Mavericks organization going forward. Uh, also lost Trey Burke and Devin Harris, who has also been pretty much a lifetime Dallas Maverick. They're over-under number this season, 40.5. Uh, projected starters, uh, DeLon Wright, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, and Kristaps Porzingis, who is also someone you could probably add to notable additions as well. He didn't play a game last season for the Mavericks, so this will be the first time we see him in a Mavericks uniform this year. Off the bench, Jalen Brunson, J.J. Barea, who also feels like a guy who's been there forever, Seth Curry, Justin Jackson, Maxi Kleber. I know I didn't say that right. I always say it like that, but anyways, I don't look up the pronunciations. And then also Boban, uh, their head coach, longtime Mavericks head coach and former Indiana Pacer head coach, Rick Carlisle. So what do you think about the Dallas Mavericks this season? Um, losing Dirk doesn't really matter at this point of his career. I know he was a great player, but I don't think they're really losing much. And, you know, in a perfect world, Kristaps is that same guy. So we'll see um, with this team. They've obviously added some some three-point shooting and DeLon Wright, Seth Curry. Luke has always been or last year at least, was a, was a good perimeter shot. Very clutch guy. Uh, I don't know much of, to think about this team. I kind of like Isaiah Roby at 45, a guy out of Nebraska that I thought the Pacers might get with one of their second-round picks. But as far as that, their bench, decent. I mean, I wouldn't say great. Seth Curry, Berea, Brunson. So I think at the end of the day, that's going to keep them down and 
Kristaps kind of has an injury-prone history now. So I, I don't know, really know what to think of the Dallas. I guess we'll have to see how it works. But what do you think about the Dallas Mavericks? Because that over-under, I, I like the under. Yeah, I would probably agree. Um, I think Porzingis is going to start off playing this season. Um, I think that's the plan. I know he he didn't play a game last year. That whole debacle of him just randomly getting traded out of nowhere that one day, um, that was a very interesting storyline last season. So I'm interested to see him paired with Luka, see how that works out. But other than that, really this team doesn't have you know anything – Anything else that I'm really interested in. Uh, They have some good role players. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good role player, but he's overpaid. Uh, Dwight Powell as well, a good role player, but also overpaid. And then DeLon Wright, I really like his game, but I don't think he's... I think he's like a sixth man in this league. So uh, he might be coming off the bench. Who knows uh, really what Carlisle is going to do with this starting lineup. But... Uh, I I don't like... I don't like the 40.5. I'd probably... I mean, you'll see here in a second with my standings predictions uh, what I think, but I would probably say under on that as well, Uh, especially if either Luka or Porzingis gets hurt, this team is screwed, in my opinion. Was Harrison Barnes on the team last year, or did he get traded? He was was traded to the Kings, Kings, I think, mid-season. Okay, that makes sense. He started off the year there and then was traded, but... Yeah, so I don't like. I don't really like their depth or their their starting lineup. To be honest, Luca's going to have big games, going to win them games, but a lot of pressure on Kristaps and no help outside those two. Honestly, if for an NBA playoff team, I, I don't. I don't see it. I will say this: this is probably the best team that Porzingis has been on, <laughs> but that's not saying much. <laughs> that's true. You're right there, and I think we can all say and agree they're well. They're going to be well coached. Oh yeah. They got a great coach. He's been there for a while. Glad to see him get an NBA title back in 11. So I think they'll be decent, but I don't think they're going to get 40 wins, especially if one of those guys gets hurt, they're screwed. So, all right, those are the five teams there. And now for the very special part of the division previews, we do our projected standings. So I will start it off here. Um, My one through five prediction First off, I have in my prediction winner of the division as the Houston Rockets. Um, I think uh, obviously they have the two biggest stars in this division in Westbrook and Harden. Um, I think that there will might be some kinks to work out at the beginning of the season, but like I said, these guys are used to playing with, playing with each other. Um, they're friends, teammates. I think it'll work out just fine. Um, so any other division, maybe they aren't my number one ranking, but in this one, I like them to finish first. Second in the division, I have the San Antonio Spurs, and I have them there pretty much based on one thing and one thing only, and that's Greg Popovich. Um, and they just always seem to overexceed expectations, even when they don't have that really much of a talented roster. So I have them projected to finish second in my division rankings. Up third, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. I have them finishing third in the division. I think they have, yes, they have a lot of young guys, um, but as we've mentioned before, they have a lot of veteran leadership on the team. I think that's going to keep things good in the locker room. Like I said earlier, ceiling-wise, I'd say eight seed, um, but I think 
I think this team is probably the third best team in this division. Um, I like their depth. I like their starting five. Um, and especially if, if Zion comes out and has a stellar year, uh, I think they'll easily be a top three team in this division. My fourth team, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and that's simply just because from the top four teams to the Memphis Grizzlies, there's just a big separation there. So uh, you got Luka and Kristaps together. Uh, I have them finishing fourth, obviously, over the Memphis Grizzlies, who are my fifth team. Uh, just not a lot of talent there. It's going to be a work in progress. Hopefully, John Morant works out, uh, and they can get another you know top draft pick next year to pair alongside him and Jaron Jackson for the future. So, how about you? Um, I'll take the Rockets at one, just similar to what you said, the two best stars in the division. Just to mix it up, I'm going to go all in with Zion, put the Pelicans at two, and then I'll put the Spurs at three, and then I'll put the Mavericks at four like you had. Or was that the Did I say the Spurs? I always get these confused because I don't write them down. You have the Spurs at three. Okay, yeah, so Spurs three, Mavericks four, Grizzlies five for me with the Pelicans at two and the Rockets at one. So just for the projections and make it interesting, I'm going to put the Pelicans at two. All right. Sounds fair enough to me. That's going to wrap up the Southwest Division, uh, our preview there. I believe next week we have uh, the Southeast Division and the Eastern Conference, so we'll be doing that. Actually, I think we're going to be doing two next week just to make sure that we get them all done by the beginning of the uh, first week of the NBA season. So Southeast division, then whatever division I choose, uh, it'll be a surprise next week. So that's going to wrap up this portion of the podcast. And I think maybe we have a few minutes here for some random talk. If you're, you're down for that. Random talk it up. Let's do it. All right. So uh, we'll be right back after this. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon's with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Put in $100 and MyBookie will give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today at MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet. Win. Get paid. Hey, Chris. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Yes. (laughs) Specifically in the bedroom. 
do you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? I know you do. Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Wow. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Because I know you like to seize an opportunity when you see it, Chris. Oh, absolutely. If you can benefit from extra function and more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most, most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Doctor's visits are literally the worst. They're made in the U.S. of A., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners and Chris. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. That is ARMCHAIR. B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code armchair to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Hut, hut, hike! All right, we are back, and uh, thanks for listening to that preview episode uh, for the South West Division in the Western Conference. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you go back and check out our other division previews. Uh, we're going to be doing every division in the NBA before the NBA season, and that's all before our big episode, the NBA preview episode, where we tie it all together. I think I even heard that Two Phones Lights, Two Phones Light, will make his uh, reappearance back on the podcast for that episode. So it's going to be. It's going to be a very special episode when we debut that, but check out all the preview episodes before we get to the penultimate NBA preview episode coming out the week of the NBA season's starting, which is less than a month away now since we are in the month of October, which is very crazy to say. But anyways, to a sport that's actually going on right now, NFL football, week four, the Indianapolis Colts completely and utterly demolished at home by the Oakland Raiders. You were at that game. You saw it firsthand. Thoughts? Uh, it was brutal to sit through. I mean, if you let a guy like Trevor Davis, how far was that run? Was it 75 yards? It, yeah, it, it was. Like from the kickoffs. So it was yeah. 60 or 70 yards. It, let's just, if oh it, even if it was only 20 yards, let's just say it was 70. You cannot in today's NFL get 70 yards on a jet sweep. Like, I just, they run that play 30 times a game, most teams. So it's just really frustrating that play in particular. Um, obviously, you know, they had some guys make some big plays. Vontaze Perfect's a total piece of shit. The season suspension is not strong enough, in my opinion. It should be a lifetime ban um, and ban from anything. He shouldn't even be able to get Social Security when he's older, is, is my opinion on the matter. Other than that, I, I think it's pretty obvious the defense looked like total shit. It's pretty obvious that 
We can't seem to get Paris Campbell going in open space. Every time he catches a pass on the line of scrimmage, he just gets annihilated. So that's frustrating. I'd like to see that at some point. Marlon Mack didn't play in the fourth quarter. Apparently there was, I don't know, they, they just, I didn't, I didn't really understand their excuse, but I, I think he got dinged up and they were trying to save him for Kansas City, in my opinion. So I will be at that game against Kansas City Sunday night. I got a little window where I think I can make it with work and some buddies are going and we're staying the night. So it'll be fun. I'm not expecting a win, but crazier things have happened in sports and it's far as the Raiders game I hope to God we can forget about it I mean chances are more than likely we're going to go a month between wins which is never good in the NFL it's never great so I'm not excited about that by any means with our bye week after Kansas City but I don't know I think expectations have tampered a little bit if you follow Scott the ugly Scott on Twitter you've seen all kinds of projections from you know 11 wins to tank completely to two wins so you know whatever scott wants to say about the season i'm on board with at this point oh i i i just fucking love scott i just i love <laughs> <laughs> he's he's had some questionable tweets i wanted to call him out but i don't want to get blocked by him because i live for scott's tweets um amazing. down in the dumps uh, if you don't follow him, make sure you go follow him. Uh, but yeah, that that game, oh, it was just so frustrating from beginning to end. Um, and the one thing I want to point out was all of the drops uh, on the offensive side of the ball, obviously. So I just, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand how. I mean, and it's I mean, it's not like the passes were not anywhere close and they were questionable. They were all right on the money. The passes were all right there, all the drops. There was no excuse for an NFL wide receiver or tight end to drop those passes. Um and it just amazes me how bad this Colts offense looks. Uh, even last season, without T.Y. Hilton in the lineup, I mean, he just brings so much to the Colts offense, um, and he's definitely the one guy that they need out there. With, I mean, you could even say Andrew Luck was a quarterback. They need T.Y. Hilton out there. Uh, I mean, just look at all of the drops. Chester Rogers, the fact that he gets playing time, and he's out there catch, catching touchdown passes and dropping three or four balls a game. Ebron played like complete shit, dropped f- three passes. I mean, it's just inexcusable. I mean, just the, and I pointed it out like Ebron missed an easy catch would have easily been a first down. And the next play, uh, Paris Campbell fumbles. Well, they would have probably ended up, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving Paris handle Campbell like a, an excuse here or anything like that. I mean, still whatever. He shouldn't have fumbled, but like, they could have ran a different play or something like that, kept the offensive flow going, but instead Ebron catches a gimme pass, and then the next play it's a fumble. And that just completely ruins momentum. It's just like you you got to get guys to catch the ball, and this is my one big thing. I'd say we're a pro, pro Chris Ballard podcast. Um, I've liked the things that he's done thus far. I'm not all in on him like a lot of people, like most people are, but I, we're a pro Ballard podcast. Um the one thing I don't understand uh, and just irritates me is I get you want to be smart with money. I get it. 
Ryan Grigson was terrible with money. He gave $21 million or whatever it was to Andre Johnson. He signed Trent Cole. He signed all of these shitty-ass old players. Um, And so I get you want to be smart with money. You want to develop young talent. But when your best players go out, like T.Y. Hilton, and you're relying on a guy whose first name's Chester to keep you in ball games, you're screwed. Jacoby Brissett has done a great job running this offense, and he's 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 not an elite quarterback. He's a serviceable quarterback, but he's done a good job. You got to get him people to throw the ball to, okay? T. Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle, Pascal, like those can't be Pascal and Doyle. They can't be your your guys to rely on when T. Y. Hilton's not in the lineup. Go and get somebody. Look at it right now. Look at look at receivers in the league right now that aren't happy. Stephon Diggs uh, has who? I mean, just look at all these receivers who want out of their current teams. Like every other receiver in the league is unhappy. Yeah, go and make a deal. Get one of these guys. Like, what are you waiting for? I don't care if you have to pay a receiver. Pay a receiver. T. Y. Hilton is getting up. He's like thirty now. I mean, he's, he's still got several years left, but what are we going to do when he's gone? Go and pay receivers. You can't wait to develop these guys. These fans want to win now. I want to win now. And we can't be relying on guys like Chester Rogers to drop four balls a week and then catch a touchdown pass. Ebron can't get these passes anymore when he drops three or four passes a game. He even does it in games where he catch, catches touchdowns. Go and get me some offensive weapons. I wanted to rant about that. I apologize for my rant, um, but go ahead with your next thought or what you think about that. Does, D- does he, Dion Kane even exist? No, he doesn't. He does. I don't. I don't even think he exists at all. And I was really hoping for something. He had a productive preseason and just nothing out there. I don't know if him and Chad Kelly just had unbelievable chemistry like no one's ever seen. But <laughs> you got to give me something, Dion Kane. Like, I'm about to just jump off the wagon with all of Deion Kane thoughts, but I did have one more thing, and, I, and it's slipping my mind at the moment. Oh, yeah. The guy, the difference between Jacoby Brissett and Andrew Luck is the end of that game. And more than likely, Andrew Luck might not have got it right, or Andrew Luck might have done a bonehead play, just like Jacoby. But when Jacoby's asked to be put in those situations where you're down seven after spotting them 14 easy points early – you know, one drive and a two-minute drive situation, you know, that's what separates a guy from Luck and Jacoby is Luck, you have utmost confidence, and Jacoby, you just, you don't, I don't think you've ever really seen it with him, you know, having a drive like that. So that's the difference, and unfortunately, you know, he threw that pick six, and then, you know, Ebron came back with, you know, the, the most ridiculous, you know, touchdown late I've ever seen, but then the to not go for the onside kick, I thought about it a lot. And the moment I thought, you know, kicking it off, you know, just a normal kickoff where they'd have to return it was the right move. It's just three straight tries. You hope they don't get a first down. But then, you know, three straight ties, hopefully you don't get a first down. At midfield, they're still not going to kick a field goal, probably. That'd be like a 67-yarder, 65-yarder. So I think the smarter play at the end of the day would have been to go for the onside kick and then you have three chances to stop them to maybe get the ball back. It's definitely going to be terrible field position either way. But uh, to me, we had a little momentum being down 14 and then tying it up. 
I don't know. Crazier things have happened. I, I can't remember the last time we ever recovered an onside kick, but you kind of got to go for it, and that's why you practice it, I assume. I, I don't know. I I think that's one big coaching mistake that Reich made. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I will be 100% honest with you. I uh, After the pick, I was done. I tuned out. So yeah, I didn't discussion between me and Alex Golden on Twitter as well so uh, he's the one that jarred jarred me to think the other way that they should have onside kicked it so I don't know yeah I, we all kind of thought around 500 and I'm thinking I'm, nothing much has changed it we got an easy second half of the season but we're gonna lose some games we shouldn't like we did last week so that's just the way it is and everyone has injuries and it's a good convenient excuse but the good teams find a way to, to win with the injuries. Yeah, and you can't tell me that Darius Leonard being out on the defensive side of, of the ball is you know causing the defense to be this bad. I don't know what's going on. I think uh, a lot of people were really high on Ibrifluss, uh coming into the season. They didn't want him to leave and go to another team uh, to be a head coach because he was getting some consideration there for a little bit. And then now a lot of people are calling for his head four games in. I'm not going to do that just a quarter into the season. Um, but they got to shape it up. they got to do something. I mean, Derek Carr looked like Joe Montana on Sunday. I mean, it's just Derek Carr sucks. And, yep. I mean, you, you can't, especially a game at home, you can't give up big plays. You can't give up jet sweeps that are 70 yards. It just And then there was even times like there's Kevin Bowen, I think, posted a video. It was like third and eight, and there was nobody defending the middle of the field. And uh, some I think it was their tight end or whoever it was. He was just standing there, and it's like you or I could have completed that pass. So, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand what's going on. I hope we're fully healthy going into Kansas City. Give me T.Y. back. Give me Darius Leonard back. Maybe we get have a shot to keep the game close. But if those guys are out and, you know, we got a couple of these other guys out like Mack, and then I also think I saw Clayton Gathers was hurt as well. Uh, they might they yeah. might, they might, might post Gathers a – Gathers is hurt again? I think I saw that, yeah. Uh, they might They might be posting a 60-burger on us. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, it's looking like it. I think we'll definitely be able to score, but – I don't think we'll be able to match at the end of the day. And Detroit, you know, maybe it was an anomaly. Maybe they're good. We don't really know. They're two one-and-ones, and they played them really tough. But that was in Detroit. Obviously, that hook and ladder play they ran was absurd. And I, they're just a whole other beast, and they have weapons across the board. And speed, speed, speed. So I, I don't think we have the horses to stop them. We're going to have to get to the quarterback if we want any shot. So that's my thoughts. I mean, you made the smart play here. You just decided instead of having to listen to Chris Collinsworth on TV for two, three hours that you were going to make the drive to Kansas City to watch the game just so you wouldn't have to watch him. I respect it. Yeah, I think Arrowhead is a dream stadium to go to. It's always when talks is the loudest. It looks insane, and I think by all accounts they have good barbecue and their fans are awesome. So I'm excited. Sunday night game, it's not going to be freezing cold outside yet, so – I think it's going to be the perfect temperature, and then I get back and I work for two months straight, so it'll be a nice little pre-vacation to a heavy work week month. All right, well, I have one last thing before we uh, wrap this episode up, and I just want our listeners to uh, be able to realize this. Uh, last season, you were at the the game where uh, 
Victor Oladipo injured himself and was out for the season. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Do you care to tell our listeners where you were where you were this weekend? I was at the Purdue Minnesota game and I had a blast. I got absolutely destroyed at a, at a friend's t- family's tailgate. They had walking tacos, fried chicken, bratwurst and, and onions and all kinds of desserts. I was just happy as a lark. Walked in, sat in the game. Purdue just forgot to play defense, and Sindelar and Moore got injured on the same play, which isn't funny, but I was so fucked up and unbelievably confused when it happened that it was a somber moment, and the play didn't look good for Moore, so thoughts up to him. I love Rondell Moore, but it's 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 classic luck from or you know luck for me in in a way. So yeah, I mean hopefully. Hopefully we won't we won't see anything happen in Kansas City out of the ordinary. Yeah, I mean you have the Moncrief jersey. Look what happened there. Uh, oh no! Obviously we got the Oladipo. You have to have a Vinatieri jersey as well. I would bet, right? I, when he first when he first got there, I had one of the old Reebok ones. <laughs> well, we're still saying you're a jinx there. Uh, what was the tall guy from the Charlotte Bobcats? That guy was like the first pick. A Mecca Okafor. Okafor. <laughs> yeah, I went all in about a Bobcats and Mecca Okafor jersey when I was young too. So, uh, yeah, and then obviously Oladipo, and then now Rondale Moore and Sindelar. Same play, my God. Yeah. I think it's safe to say by now you are the jinx. I've been to some games where there haven't been injuries, and the last game that I was at where we played Kansas City was an unbelievable. The most points ever come back in a playoff game of all time. I will have you. So I'm not all bad luck, and hopefully we can I can bring some of the good luck and leave some of the bad this weekend. Let's hope so. So all right, that'll wrap up this episode. Uh, coming this weekend though, Pacers are on their way to India, and they're playing uh, this weekend in India, India against Sacramento Kings. So. First preseason action's coming up, and then we're just a few weeks out from the regular season. So very excited to talk about the preseason games with you guys. Also continue to do the previews and then talk about our depressed thoughts about the Colts. So thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your week. Who do you got winning the World Series quick? Oh, uh, I I have in the World Series the Dodgers versus the... Astros. All right, I'm going Astro. Wait, are they in the same division? No. Astros are in okay. the AL. Are Astros and Yankees in the same division? Um, no. All right, I'm going Astros Yankees. No, you so that would be your ALCS. Perfect. They're playing uh the Brewers cuz they're winning tonight. So you got the Brewers versus who in the World Series? Yeah. Brewers Astros. Okay, so then I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Dodgers finally finally win this season. I mean they've won a lot of games. Uh, they won a lot of games this year, and they've been to the World Series two yeah. years in a row. So they're due. Um, yeah. But personally, first game's in the seventh right now, so I could lose my World Series pick tonight. Uh, personally, who I'm rooting for though, uh, I am rooting for the o- Oakland Athletics to win. <laughs> That's my team yeah, to get. Awesome, actually, that's my team to get behind. I just love how Billy Bean always puts together these random shit bags, and he gets them to like 90, 95 wins in a 
playoff berth. It's just exciting. It is. So, all right. Now we'll actually end the episode. Have a good week, guys. See ya.